Hello and welcome to Sound of the Moment. I'm your host, Pat Cleaver, and this is the bi-weekly show featuring conversations with musicians about jazz, music, and more. I release new episodes every second Monday. Please subscribe to this show if you would like to remain updated. If you want to reach me, you can do that via Twitter at Pat Cleaver. You can like the Sound of the Moment Facebook page, or you can email me at pat at soundofthemoment.com. I plan to keep the show free to listen to and download, but if you do want to help me out with the costs of production and hosting, you can make monthly or one-off donations at patreon.com slash soundofthemoment. Thank you so much to those of you who are already doing that. This is episode number 40 for the 13th of May 2019. Drummer and band leader Sunmi Hong is my guest. She is currently on tour throughout the Netherlands with her quintet, and I would like to begin the show by playing a live recording of theirs. The tune is called Thoughts to be Spoken.
Korean drummer, band leader, composer, uh, Sunmi Hong is my guest today. Sunmi, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. I always like to begin, and like I've been saying in the recent episodes, people are probably really sick of hearing me formulate this question, but I like to begin by asking my guests to introduce themselves a bit, tell folks a bit about who you are, where you come from, what you do, just kind of that general sort of stuff. My name is Sammy Hong. I'm from South Korea. I came to the Netherlands eight years ago to mm-hmm. study in conservatory, and then I finished my bachelor and master's. And now I'm living here. I have my own band called Somyong Quintet. And uh, beside that, I am also playing with Tai Same or Alistair Payne, yeah. Brody Jarvi, Daud Salim. Mm-hmm. And yes. Yeah, a lot of different projects. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll get to all of that stuff, obviously, um, going via your band to all the other uh, cool things that you're up to. But. Um, First of all, I mean, I'd like to go back in time to the... So you've been here for eight years. Um, I like to ask people a bit about why they decided to come to Amsterdam and what their... Um, yeah, what the story is there. Because in a lot of cases, I talk to Dutch musicians and it's like, well, Amsterdam's the capital city, so this is where I am. But in your case, like, you crossed half the planet to come here. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, what what got you connected to Amsterdam in the first place. Why did you come to study here? What was the story there? Uh, it's kind of a long story. We have all the time. to hear, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's nice. Uh, well, I, I started to play drums quite late when mm-hmm. I was a 17. Okay. But then I wanted to play uh, since 12, and then my parents hated it. <laughs> And my parents said, oh my God, musician, no, 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 no way. <laughs> so it's not specifically the drums, but also just music in general? Uh, no, actually drums okay, uh, back yeah. then. Uh, right. I grew up in church most of the time and there was a band in front. Mm-hmm. And I went there was a service. And one day I just, I was crazy about drum sound and then I just walk f- front. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking at drums, what is this? This is so cool, I don't know how it... This is cold, even yeah. know, like they are playing with chopsticks, or you know, it seems very cool. <laughs> and then since that day, I follow the drummer in church. Okay, every time he plays, and then I just go behind him because I was very shy. I yeah. couldn't talk to him even, mm-hmm. so I was like behind him, always watching how he plays. And I thought this is so cool. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. That's why I talked to my parents. Then yeah. my parents <laughs> didn't like it so much. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, okay, what do I do? What do I do? So for five years, uh, I asked my parents if I can really play. Like every time, every time I had a chance to talk to my parents, mm-hmm. I'm crazy about this. <laughs> let me play. Yeah. <laughs> and then they wouldn't let me. So then they gave up actually, because it's been five years you yeah. know, so they were like, all right, you're very serious about this. Yeah. I give you one chance. So mm-hmm. go to drum academy near my house. And first day I learned how to play 60 note on drums, like a snare to the floor tom. Yeah. That's the first thing I learned from metal drummer uh, <laughs> who doesn't play professionally, but who who plays in metal band. Yeah. And I was so happy. I mean, I've been waiting for five years and yeah. then finally I got to play 
And I stayed three more hours and then I only played this <laughs> on the first day. And then I walked home with it, like shaking legs and arms because I never played before. And then I was enjoying so much. You know, it's uh, hard to describe this feeling of the first day that you learn your first instrument. Yeah, and that's pretty amazing because I think in a lot of cases, people don't have such a clear memory of that moment. Mm -hmm. Like I know for myself, I have memories of the first time I picked up a bass, but that's also just because no six-year-old picks up a bass. Like that just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So like encountering the bass when you're a teenager is maybe a more common experience. But so many people are like, yeah, I played piano when I was six, and so I don't really remember, but now I'm a piano player kind of thing. Mm. But in your case, you were 17 when you first played the drums. Uh, that That's kind of a special thing, right? It's very special. It still gives me inspiration, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, this first day, and then I try not to forget about this. It's hard to forget yeah, sure. <laughs> this feeling. And I think I still have this kind of feeling when I play drums, yeah, it still gives me excitement. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that kind of the idea of having spent five years staring at a drummer, desperately wanting to do that thing and not being able, like that—that's kind of that already speaks of the dedication, I suppose, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I was getting a little bit too serious, so I was learning from this metal drummer for six months, mm -hmm. and then I was like, "This is so fun." <laughs> <laughs> and then I decided, okay. How, if what, if I want to go to music university playing drums? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I talked to my parents and they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this will not happen to you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, I was too crazy already, so they couldn't really, you know, <laughs> talk to me. Yeah. And uh, I tried to practice as much as I can from that moment. I was uh, doing uh, some group. I don't know if you know X Japan. It's a very, very famous uh, uh, rock uh, group in Japan okay. called X Japan. Yeah. The drummer was so cool, playing in the crystal drum set, and then he always, uh, you know, passed passed out. You say passed oh, yeah. out okay. after playing because he plays like just too crazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with a thing on the neck. I say. Like a neck brace kind yes. of thing? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> wow. And uh, I did some kind of cover band of yeah. uh, X-Japan. And then I met some more people who were serious about music. And then I was, wow, this is really cool. And mm -hmm. then if I have these people around me, I can do it. Yeah. And I aimed for uh, getting into university yeah. in Seoul, yeah. in Korea. So for one and a half a year, I only had the time for one and a half a year. And then at that time, I think it was a 300 people applies and they take one or two drummers. Wow. Yeah, like a pre-selection. Yeah. So I applied for a pre-selection. But then at that time, my dad said, okay, you can try. Because actually this school uh, gives you a, a degree. So, okay, anyway, you have to go to university after high school. So yeah. if it's a, like a official certification, how you say? Yeah. official degree, yeah. why not? Yeah, okay. You know? As long okay. as it actually gives you a diploma that is worth diploma, something. Diploma, actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So he was, okay, go for it. Yeah. But then he said, if you don't get it at once, I don't know if you can keep playing. Okay. Uh, you might have to study something else. Yeah. 
because I cannot support one more year that you play drums. You know, yeah. I don't like wow. it. <laughs> <laughs> so for one and a half year, it was a bit crazy time of uh, my life. I practiced really a lot, like eight hours average. Wow. Yeah. They all kinds of sp- stuff because go- getting into university, they uh, a lot of things are required to play. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to play basic samba or bossa nova or swing mm-hmm. or uh, rock or R&B. Yeah. And that's what uh, they asked me to be able to play. Yeah, okay. You know, but then... <laughs> and you had a year and a half to make exactly. this happen. Yeah. What, was that like... Was there a style already established in that? Were, were you? Is it just like you're going to study music uh, at the university, or was it already somewhat established as kind of a jazz thing? No, j- not jazz at all. Okay. I haven't listened to jazz until six months before I came here. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> before I used to study pop music. Yeah. So it was a pop uh, music university, actually. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fusion or Stevie Wonder or yeah, Tower okay. Power yeah. or uh, Toto. Yeah, wow. Beatles, <laughs> you know, this kind of stuff. And then yeah. I actually never heard before because my parents doesn't listen to music mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Uh, so I only, my only experience about music was K-pop. Yeah, okay. 90s or 20, uh, 20. Yeah, 2000s. 2000s. So... That was it. Yeah. And then uh, also in church, they don't play any gospel music. It was a church music. Yeah, okay. So it was very interesting. When I got into X-Japan, the mm-hmm. rock band, yeah. this was crazy, new word to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And yeah. then uh, I finally got into music university at once. Very lucky me. Yeah, you know? like a year and a half <laughs> training makes you one of the like the one or two out of three hundred that makes it. I assume that you're work dealing with people that have been playing drums forever and and yeah. Uh, but uh, basically, in Korea, people can start to play music uh, since young age mm-hmm. because we don't have so much of a history of music, mm-hmm. you know. Not like here or Europe, classic yeah. music or anything. So, you know, <laughs> it's generally hard to start yeah. when you're young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your parents has to be rich or your parents has to be musician. Mm-hmm. Then you get to have this kind of experience when you're, when you're young. Yeah. But most of people don't, actually. Yeah. So a lot of people had the same path yeah, okay. like me. Yeah. So it helped me to, to practice and then have more... I'd say hope. <laughs> yeah. oh, fair enough. And so yeah. how did that, how did the thing, how did that transition to, first of all, jazz? You tell me that six months before you came here, you got into jazz, which is pretty astonishing. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that try to get in the conservatory in Amsterdam to study jazz music and have been obsessed with jazz their whole lives. And and in your case, you, in the space of six months, you... Uh, you earned a place amongst those people, right? And that's that's really quite impressive. So how how did you encounter jazz music? And then I suppose, how did the idea of coming to Amsterdam occur? Yeah, now, uh, here you go. Uh, I was in pop university for a year. Mm-hmm. And I was studying, I finished my first year, practicing all, still so much and 
with the metronome from 60 to 62 to 64 to, you know, this very, uh, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Mathematical approach. Yes, and then I couldn't really improvise, you know. I didn't know what's what's improvising, actually. Mm -hmm. So I had to transcribe and then I could play exactly the same. (laughs) But then I didn't know what to do if I don't do that. Yeah, okay. You know, it's a very strange feeling. And then I feel like mm, I'm stuck a little bit. And then I asked around and then people told me, maybe jazz will help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I really I really wanted to study only for six months to see yeah, okay. you know, if it helps me yeah. to develop. But then uh, I was learning for a month and two months from a drummer in Korea and also from people who plays jazz. And I loved it. I, it was an incredible feeling that mm-hmm. you can actually do something that you can do what you think you can actually play. Yeah, sure. You know, it's not like something you transcribe and then you can only play what you transcribed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, this feeling was a crazy good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I quit school. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so all that effort to get your... your <laughs> Your parents to be fine with you going to the university to study the music and then you, and I quit, yeah. you quit. And I couldn't tell my parents because I was just too afraid to to tell them. Finally, I got into and then I'm quitting after a year. It's a crazy story yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was learning jazz a little bit seriously a few months. And the teacher I've learned from... He graduated uh, one of the school in the Netherlands, and then okay. uh, where I was studying, uh, they all wanted to go to school in the Netherlands somehow, hmm. because if it's a jazz, you know, you want to go to New York or some somewhere that uh, very well known. Yeah, sure. But then at that time, eight years ago, it wasn't very known yeah. uh, conservatory, so they were. Talking about this school and Hague or Codards, uh, yeah, you know, Rotterdam. and then you know, going to New York was just too too much money. You know? sure. Also, a lot of effort. Yeah, I mean, I could have done it if I really, really wanted. Yeah, you know? there is always a way to do it. <laughs> no, of course. You know, but then uh, you know, it's so important who you have around you. You know, it made. Uh, me think, okay, this is cool, and I'm gonna try, and then very cheap tuition fee. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Even, it's a, this is not the first time somebody has, has yeah. said this on this show, which is uh, <laughs> the I feel like the quality of education is very similar to that what yeah. you would find um, in New York to a to a large extent, and at the same time, um, yeah, it is much more accessible. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've never learned. Or I've never been in school in New York, so I can't really say. You know, yeah, but sure. What I had here and what I imagined to 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 learn, and with the tuition fee comparison, yeah. was perfect. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this was great, and yeah, that's how I came. But then I applied, of course, and then I got invitation that I can uh, come to have a second selection. Yeah, to do the audition. But then uh, you know I'm out for like 3 months because I wanted to come here because I didn't speak English before. Yeah, okay. So I wanted to learn how how the people mm-hmm. and then also English and then I wanted to jam a little bit with the local people before mm-hmm. I had the exam entrance yeah. exam. So 3 months 
of uh, not being in Korea, my parents will notice. No? <laughs> so, <laughs> but then I was working so hard in Korea when I knew that I, I could come here for entrance exam. And I saved some money to buy a flight ticket. And then I got my flight ticket and my, I made passport at that time because I'd never been any other country before. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I told my dad two weeks before my flight, man, uh, man, <laughs> dad, <laughs> my lovely dad, I have to go to uh, the Netherlands because I got uh, selected for, for entrance exam. Yeah. So I'm going for three months. Bye. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I mean, that that is, again, another crazy story of dedication to just be like, I'm just going to kind of run away now and and do this. Yeah. Um, but so is that, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm skipping ahead quite a few years now, but uh, but I feel like the topic, and may, maybe this is too personal of a question, but like now that you are at a stage where you are one of the kind of successful young musicians in this country and people, are, you're getting that recognition, is that something that like that your parents understand now? <laughs> like it, it sounds like they, they, I can only assume that somebody would be proud of the achievements that you've, you've reached right now, but like how... How soon did that kind of come? At what point did your parents say, oh, I guess maybe it is okay that she's like playing the drums and decided to make music and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, basically they have no clue what I am doing here. Mm -hmm. You know, they know they knew I was studying and then I was doing okay. I had a side job meanwhile, so I try not to get support so much. Yeah, okay. So, because I also have siblings, you know, so they yeah. had to support them a bit more. Yeah. And uh, every time I call them or every year I go back to Korea and then they are very curious, you mm -hmm. know, how, how are you surviving actually? I'm, uh, I yeah. have no clue. And then if I speak, okay, I'm teaching that they understand. Okay, teaching is good. Yeah, teaching okay. is good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be steady, but I'm uh, teaching privately. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. And if I say, yeah, I play here and there, I go to Spain or Italy and I play with these people and I'm like, okay, okay, show me uh, some music that you play. And they don't understand, of course, they're like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, <clears throat> okay, okay, what is this? Yeah. And actually, it's really funny. Now, if I think it's really funny, but I was very sad that they, I played in North Sea Jazz Festival last year mm -hmm. as a prize from Dutch Jazz Competition. Yeah. And then it was on the day my dad messaged me. He didn't have a clue what's Norsi or he if she plays today or tomorrow. Yeah, you okay. know, she, he doesn't know, yeah. of course. But then he messaged me like, "Hey, I checked YouTube that oh, it's a, it's a cool video, but then music style I don't understand. Can you can you compose more uh, <laughs> uh, something more that you know audience can understand <laughs> the message in the in, the, in wow. the morning?" So I was like. I needed so much confidence today because I have to play in such a big stage. Yeah. And then I got this message and I was crying in the morning like, <laughs> this is really something I'm missing, you know, in my yeah. life. Maybe a little bit of support, mm -hmm. you know. And then now I got over it. So it's really funny to think that my parents actually have no clue what yeah, I'm okay. doing. But uh, since four years, I didn't get money from my parents. Mm -hmm. So then my parents knows that... They understand that yes, you're making a living yeah, from music, which exactly. is the, obviously the first step. Yeah. But is that... Um, 
okay, so maybe I'm going into another topic now, but I feel like there's a connection here. Like, is it just because the success that you're getting right now is happening in mainly in Europe, and therefore that they don't see the direct connection there? Whereas, if there are opportunities for you back in Korea, will they understand that better? Like, and therefore, I suppose the question is: Are there opportunities for you in, in Korea right now? Mm, interesting question. My parents uh, never give up on uh, the hope that I'm gonna come back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think they are, they are a little bit dropping uh, it. Mm-hmm. I guess. But then, uh, yeah, they used to say, "Yeah, you have a master uh, diploma. Why not you come back and be a professor?" Isn't it a cool thing? You know, <laughs> I really want you to be professor because then, you know, being a professor, they have have this name value is uh, something big. Yeah, okay. especially also in Korea. And uh, for me, I had this dream for some years because my parents tell me then they will be happy. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I was like, yeah, maybe that's what I have to do. You know, while I was studying, but then I got tour and then I got more. My eyes were more opened. And I was like, okay, this I can do later (laughs) when the chance is coming. You know, I don't have to aim for it. Yeah, sure. But that's what my parents want. And that's what my parents, uh, yeah, my parents want me to come back to Korea and be a professor and then earn money from from there. Yeah. You know, having steady job and then Mm -hmm. marriage and uh, house. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I can only imagine that if you continue on the path that you're on right now, then like at the drop of a hat you could go back and do that like you could just decide okay fine i'll go back and do this and the opportunities will present themselves but the more time you spend here doing what you're doing probably mm-hmm. the more likely it is that you get those kinds of offers but i mean i think that 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 is one aspect of the question i was asking but then the other thing is simply there is like objectively speaking, there is quite a scene in korea like yeah. i mean i i know that i've been and toured there a couple of times um and there are Absolutely massive festivals yes. and like like a lot of uh, enthusiasm for the music, which you don't necessarily find elsewhere. Um, I have to say, like I've rarely been asked to sign as many autographs as I have when I played there, which is really strange because nobody knows who I am, and yet people <laughs> are really excited about it. Um, but so I guess the question is more like, you're leading a band here. Like, is is there a way for you to bring that band over there? Are you getting a chance to play your music there, even if it's not a question of going back home and mm-hmm. like? Yeah becoming a professor exactly. like can you yeah. can can you like show your music over there uh i try it every year to be honest okay. i try to write bookers in uh, in korea festivals and yeah. venues and small venues of course it's easier to 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 go and play yeah. but then i can bring anyone from here because yeah, you sure. know there are many other things that you have to solve mm-hmm. and so I was playing with more local people, and nowadays in Korea, jazz scene is massive. Yeah. People play is great. It's amazing. Good mm-hmm. technique, and they're they're very 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 good. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. Eight years ago, it was very different, and then I'm already out of the country. Yeah, sure. And it's a little bit different, like uh, the music they are going for, and then uh, I think I need more time to grow up in Europe and then I can go back. Yeah. But actually, uh, this September, I'm going to Korea with okay. my band for the first time. Oh, cool. So bring a whole band. Yeah. 
because I was very lucky to meet a booker mm-hmm. and he was uh, very interested. So he is going to make it happen, hopefully. Yeah. Nothing really fixed because it's in September, but it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, September is, is soon enough that those... that For me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's almost certainly going to be a thing yeah. that happens. Yeah. Um, cool. Um so, I, I mean, we've started talking about your band. Um, I'd like to, to focus in on that a bit more um, eventually. But before we get to that, I feel like there's, an, there's, there's a bunch of stories in the middle right now that we haven't uh, discussed, which is the idea of how much the scene here has welcomed you um, is something that I'm interested in because I think it's quite unusual for somebody to, like, arrive here and within the short amount of relatively short amount of time that you've been here to to reach the stage that you're at and specifically um i mean the recognition that you've gotten from the, from the older generation in this country um so you like you've played with Gaboulet and you've played with uh, Benjamin Herman and all that stuff um can you speak to that a bit like how that came about what like how did those opportunities happen um and i suppose yeah what what has that meant for you uh, first of all, came to the Netherlands and uh, getting recognized uh, from uh, this bunch of uh, uh, cool musicians. Mm-hmm. It happened quite late, actually, because I also didn't speak English when I came here. So for two years, I was only practicing and learning English and not even hanging with people so much. For So from third year, I remember... <laughs> I came to Jam Session for the first time. So in three years, it was the first time I went to Jam Session. Yeah. And uh, it was Beam House. And yeah. then Jasper Blom saw me playing. And then he was, I think he was quite interested, uh, if I can say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then after that, he asked me to play, uh, opening the session with him. That was <laughs> the first time I played with uh, people, local people who yeah. play here. Yeah, yeah. So that was very great. And then I, I used to play in school a lot for entrance exams or final exams or recital or all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, bass and drums, you yeah. probably know it. That's what ends you up have happening. A lot of, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the one drummer that everybody likes, <laughs> then you end up playing everybody's exam and everybody's... Th- so, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if I can say everybody loved my playing, but probably they saw more dedication or uh, how I approach drums, yeah. probably they felt something because I I don't remember that I was the great, greatest drummer in the year or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought I was the worst because that's <laughs> that's that was the, the feeling I had. So that's why I was working a little bit more. But then I think they had a special feeling of it, if I can say, you know, so... Uh, for two years, three years, I was in more final exams and recital and stuff. And then uh, teachers are always there, no? Yeah, <laughs> to select people. And then they were very happy to see me all the time. Ah, okay, so now you come again. Okay, okay, it's very nice. And then yeah. let's play once. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, also being a female drummer, and uh, coming from Korea, I'm very different than uh, other people, I would say. And they were very welcoming, actually. It was incredible 
first yeah. time I came here, oh, you're from Korea, so just show me what what you've got. You know, I'm very curious about Korean music as well. Yeah. And what you can combine, and then you have it in your blood, you know, in your mm-hmm. background. And I'm very curious how you're gonna play jazz. And this is very. It was very nice. Yeah. Of people. Mm-hmm. And then, wow, okay, so tell me how your story. And I'm so curious. And hey, let's play. So. But so what is there? Can you point to anything specific um, in like anything specific that is particularly Korean about the way you you play? Do you think there is anything that's particularly Korean about the way you play? I mean, or, or maybe because I mean, from what you were just saying, um, you're talking about like traditional music and that kind of stuff. And I know there is a certain amount of like. Uh, Korean percussion uh, traditions and stuff. I've seen some really fascinating performances when I was there, um, and specifically percussion performances. Mm-hmm. Um, is that stuff that that speaks to you? Is it something that was just in the background that you don't, didn't necessarily pay attention to, or is it something that now you go and research? Like, I'm I'm interested in. Uh, when I was in Korea, I was never interested in uh, Korean traditional <laughs> music. Yeah. To be honest, of course we learn in school, and but it was uh, only for class. Yeah. You okay. know, very. Not so deep. <laughs> and when I came here, people were more enthusiastic than me. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. And I, I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> They're more interested in Korean history and Korean music, but not me so much. You know, And I was like a bit uh, shame. <laughs> so I was researching a little bit more. And uh, then I found out this is really, really cool music, actually. But then I don't know if I have it in my playing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, probably when I play some kind of like 12A stuff or something like this, because Korean music is very uh, based on triplets and 12A yeah. or 9A, 6A and stuff. So probably they can hear some, but I wouldn't say I I have influence yeah. by Korean music, traditional mm-hmm. music. No, fair enough. I mean, I don't necessarily expect that to be the case, because uh, especially from the stories you were telling. But it, it is, um, it is interesting. Uh, I'd like to get into the to the band leading aspect of what you do. Like, how did you, um, how did you decide to start your own band? Um, maybe speak a bit about like the separate members of your band and all that kind of stuff. Because like that that transition. Also, I suppose the. The story that you tell up until now is of somebody who is extremely busy working with other people's music and getting calls from everyone and all that kind of stuff. Like when, what was the step going from, hey, Kyle Boulet wants me to play drums in his band, that kind of thing, to, oh, actually, I have my own thing to say and I want to now like do this. How was that? Uh, many aspects. <laughs> First... Uh, well, in school you get education, you know, and like you're you're educated, and then you have a lot of uh, composition classes, and then that was one of the reasons that I uh, tried to compose something. And uh, second of all, I had very uh, like a lot of emotions going on because obviously it was very hard to come here and then uh, learning different culture. Because I never been anywhere else, and then this was first country, and then I didn't even understand a chick kiss or you know like saying hi, but then you hug people, you know this all all little things I couldn't yeah, really yeah, understand, yeah. and talking 
when you're eating, you know, like you actually have a conversation. <laughs> For me, this all little things are very strange and I tried a lot to understand and then how they think and how they approach and what's their life, mm-hmm. you know, like how can they enjoy when there's sun and drinking beer and not practicing? It was for me, I'm like, what? <laughs> People are weird, you know? <laughs> But then I tried to adopt. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, what I was saying, I forgot why I got to this. Point. I mean, what uh, what I was asking about <laughs> is the 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 step that you took oh, into yeah. being a band leader. Oh yeah, exactly. And and I had a lot of emotions going on, you know. And then mm-hmm. I also relationship and then stuff. Then I wanted to like I I sat down on the piano and then I. I can play piano. I learned piano in school, but I I cannot really do it. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and I was like, the one day I was very sad about something, and then I tried to play something, like maybe two chords. Oh, maybe this two. This is very good. I don't know what chords this is, but I, you know I really like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I tried to make like four chords out of it, and I just loved it. And then I played four chords. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I brought to composition uh, teacher in school, <laughs> mm. like uh, it was a basic pop composition class or something. I, I did uh, like a very very basic class, yeah. and then he loved it, and he he helped me a lot, and yeah. he gave me a lot of confidence. He mm-hmm. said, "Ah, oh, you have this four uh, four chords, very beautiful. And then how about this sound after that? How about this sound after that?" And then he actually made another four bars yeah. for me. And then he asked me every time he plays, do you like this sound? Mm-hmm. And do you like this sound? Yeah. And then I got into like, wow, this sounds, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Probably I have to write something. Yeah. You know, there was a, yeah. And then from that moment, it was quite intense that I wanted to write music, but then I was very shy because I was always side, side man, mm-hmm. obviously. But then... I was doing art of trio in school, and then I met really, really cool musicians there who mm-hmm. actually understand uh, me and how I play. And then we got together like like crazy good. Mm-hmm. Every week we were developing as a band. Yeah. And then I decided, oh, these people, I want them to play my music, yeah. you know, so I can trust. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I decided. And yeah, that's how I started the trio actually. Yeah. Then he grew up as a quintet. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about the those those band members, like the the four people that join you right now in the quintet, and and like what, why those people specifically, and and a bit about who they are, and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the piano we have Young Lee yeah. from Korea, and I I played in his entrance exam. That's mm-hmm. how I got to know him yeah. <laughs> before I didn't know him. <laughs> he was very much of a, actually a bebop player. Yeah. <laughs> but then I didn't play with him at the moment, but then I was always watching him because he actually played very good. Mm-hmm. And then he's a Korean. So if I have a Korean people, musician who plays great, I have a pride. <laughs> so, <laughs> you enough. know, I was checking people and then he developed like crazy after two years. It was incredible uh, a jump, yeah. and I was like, okay, I I need this sound. I'm mm. gonna try, and then obviously he's a Korean, so I am very comfortable with him. 
Yeah. You know, trying some stuff. Every time I compose something, I bring him first to check. Yeah. And then uh, change and change, change, and the band comes to rehearse. Yeah. You no, know? so he's a very much uh, of help for me. Yeah. And we have Alistair Payne on yeah. trumpet. Mm-hmm. Obvi- obviously, <laughs> he helps me a lot, yeah. and also for my composition or chords, putting chords or. Uh, also, lots of uh, paperwork <laughs> actually, <laughs> and then uh, uh, I recorded the album with Yanif Nahum, yeah. the teacher, because I had a, a lot of class with him and I had so much love uh, in his playing, and he featured in my album. But then we didn't have an actual saxophone player who can, who I can call like casually, let's yeah. say. You know, so yeah, I need. Yeah, is a busy guy. I had yeah. the same. I had the exact same experience when I graduated. That was like, okay. okay, well, I have this quartet with Yaniv, and uh-huh. it wasn't necessarily super realistic to like pursue doing that thing yeah, yeah, because yeah. obviously he's very busy. Very busy. Yeah. He's a dad. He's a like very very dedicated yeah. educator and in school. Um, yeah, exactly. He's actually somebody I should get on this show sometime to talk about. All yeah. Stuff. Anyway, that's that's a, that's a side note. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah. So we, uh, I was talking to Alistair. Like, I mean, also in Amsterdam, you have so many great saxophone players that you you cannot even imagine. We are so spoiled. Yeah. No, it's hard to choose because they are all good. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> and you just have to see the sound, how what what sound they make, you know, because uh, they have all. Uh, yeah, Identity and playing, yeah. of course. And then I had no clue because I was just in love with Yaniv's playing, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Alistair a lot about tenor saxophone player. I would, would like, like to have a tenor saxophone player, but I have no clue. Mm-hmm. So can you suggest, because you're a home player and then he has to go along with you. Yeah. Better, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, sure. and then also sound-wise, he knows better probably. So we were talking, talking, and Nicolo Ricci came out. So yeah. he's a now tenor player in my band, and Alistair and Nico sound is very similar. Actually, they have a very dark sound. Yeah, very sorrowing. You say sorrowing, sorrowful. Like a, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, more like also sometimes crying sound. You know, yeah. like they are very. Yeah. Uh, I hear their hearts all the time when yeah. they play and they shout and they play softer notes or whatever. I feel their emotions, yeah. basically. It's interesting. Now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense and that's not something that had struck me before. But the similarities between the two of them yeah. um, is, uh, yeah, no, that's that's very cool, actually. And then they love each other. That's a very <laughs> nice thing. <laughs> that helps when you've got two soloists that are willing to, like... <laughs> <laughs> and we have Alessandro Fongaro yeah. on the bass. Mm-hmm. He joined later in my band because I used we used to play with Brody's RV before. Yeah. And he went back to Scotland. Yeah. So but then I was applying at the moment I was applying to lots of competitions because I'm getting older, you know. If you get older you cannot do this. So Yeah, you have to make the most <laughs> of being a young talent while you're exactly. still young. <laughs> that was uh, what I thought exactly. So I was applying, but then I didn't have bass player. Okay, 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 let's contact. And Alessandro Fungaro, I played with him before, mm-hmm. and then I had a really good impression of him, of course. Very supportive. Yeah. Very colorful mm-hmm. on playing. So we tried once, and then he made the band sound completely different. 
like a different level actually. Mm-hmm. I can I could even say that you know he really put a lot of color yeah. and different ideas, and then this band was growing yeah. mm-hmm. with the bass player. Yeah. Because of the bass player, I sure. can't even say. Yeah. So I'm very glad to have all of them. Yeah, very special to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so in the like the short emailing conversation that we had before before this conversation, you mentioned to me that um, when like talking about what music we should pick to play on the on the show, um, and we st- I don't think we are quite clear what we're going to use yet. But you told me. Hey, it would be better to use some of the live stuff now because it's much more representative of what mm. the band's doing. And yeah. I feel like that's that's probably a common thing that people say. Hey, the band now sounds different slash better slash whatever you may, however you may want to describe it. But can you speak to exactly what how your music has changed in that time? Like since you released your first album and the way it is now. Like, can you? Is there any specific things that you can point to to say, hey, this is what is different, this is what's improved, this is the direction that we're going in? Mm, I don't know, I can probably say on a vague thing. Uh, well, my, my question album, was vague, so yeah, that's no, fine. Yeah, okay, yes, music is vague anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and when I made the first album, I wanted to have a gift for myself. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have something when I graduate you know, so I have a more reason to to go further. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. And then also finishing masters, I recorded the album minus two. <laughs> yeah, the conservatory. Yeah, exactly. And then I released my album on the day the CD physical CD arrived on the day of my graduation day uh, exam. Yeah, wow. So I could even sell. Yeah. <laughs> so twenty <laughs> CD. <laughs> Do you believe? Wow. <laughs> Anyway, so it was a very fast process and it was more about me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I composed because I wanted to do, but then I had no clue how it's going to sound like or what kind of style is this, you know, whole album I'm talking, you know. Mm-hmm. So individual tune, there is a color and there is um, things that I want to say, but it was very everywhere, you know. Let's do something. I'm graduating. I have to do... And I'm going to make this music, which is very beautiful. I still listen to it sometimes and then I like it. Mm-hmm. And But then now it's more, okay, I am uh, grown up. <laughs> yeah. Let's think about direction or the sound of the band, mm-hmm. actually what they are good at. Like if I write this kind of music, they will be really good at playing my music. Or you know they can also put their their style on my music. Then I it was more like a band perspective yeah. than myself. And then I want to compose on this groove, and then I want to have this sound. It, it was it's nowadays it's more like okay the, this guys has has this sound, and then I want to compose around or what they can do the best in my yeah. band. Yeah, sure. You know? So yeah, it's really nice to hear when they play my music. They're very comfortable. Yeah. I know it because they said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't know it. You know? So, yeah, I don't know if it was a... Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And it, and it's interesting to, to have that perspective of going from the I need to make my album to like I need to make our album kind of, right? And 
I suppose the natural uh, next question is like, what what are the plans for the future of the band? I mean, um, what I imagine that you're going to want to document the the current state of things. Like, is there an album that you're going to be making in the near future? What what are your plans as far as that's mm-hmm. concerned? For album, well, for two years we haven't made any new album. So this September we are recording second CD. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be very special. Uh, hopefully releasing on, in March next year. Mm-hmm. That's my aim. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and right now we are playing a lot. We are doing Young Vips and yeah. we are finishing our tour today. Well, the, the, the recording day. With Pat, then the day I'm talking is uh, three weeks yeah, before, it, it, but then exactly. the day it's releasing on 13 May, we play in Harlem, the yeah. Platerai, yeah. and we will have some more concert in fall. But then mm-hmm. beside that, I am also booking uh, for my own. Mm-hmm. So we are playing in Amsterdam and uh, the, some other cities and Jazz International in Rotterdam. Oh yeah. In fall. And right now I'm booking for I'm booking for my group actually. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. every day what I do is sending a bunch of emails to, to everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and this year we are going to Spain and Italy in summer. Yeah. And September we are going to Korea. And October we are going to England. Yeah. Marsden. So it's very exciting. We oh. have a lot of tour coming up, but then every year I aim for different country and then I write a bunch of emails and yeah. I want to learn also how how's the feeling being a full-time musician, but that also uh, requires for me uh, booking and managing. Yeah, and I want to try and I want to learn. So whenever my band is even more growing, if we have a booker and agency, we know mm-hmm. what to ask or yeah. we know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, that that whole do-it-yourself uh, aspect of like the paperwork side of things is is becoming um, more and more of a talking point, I think, especially with people of our generation. Like it's, um, it is, is probably more work is involved in doing that than involved in making the music somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, and I suppose it's about how do you translate the the relative amount of success that you right now have with the band in the Netherlands? Because, like you say, you're doing the young Vips. I like to say VIP, but uh, I think I'm the only person who says that. <laughs> I don't know why you would call it Vips, but uh, <laughs> the Young VIPs tour uh, obviously is like a launching pad for for you guys. I mean, I had uh, Sana Hambas on the show not so long ago, um, uh, talking about that as well. Um, so yeah, like the idea of trying to expand beyond the borders of the Netherlands is kind of the next step, and that that makes that makes sense to me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, um, and we're kind of reaching the end of this conversation, I suppose. But there is there is a thing that I, a word that I saw coming back like n- again and again in the description of your music, and I suppose it's partly in the way you describe it, and partly in the way a journalist might describe it, but. The idea of risk taking is something that I'm interested in, like discussing, uh, because I personally think that's a really important thing in music, and I want to know what your perspective is on that, and how do you create an environment where 
I suppose you guys feel safe to take those risks. So what exactly does risk taking mean to you and how do you like facilitate it? I think it's just having fun on stage. You know, there is a rule in music, of course, because there is theme and there is some part is special and blah, blah. But uh, beside that, I want them to have more freedom. That Mm -hmm. was what I meant. And taking a risk, I mean, we are all jazz musicians who was improvising. You know, there is always uh, risks. Yeah. And But then also some bands, they want to be very clean and safe. And then that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I want this color to happen. And then this is how it has to work. Yeah. Four or five minute playing, done. <laughs> you know, yeah. which I also have a lot of respect of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. it's a very production work let's say but then uh, for my band each of them they are more going for okay let's see you know and then I I know also how you play and I saw lots of time you play you know we are all taking a risk but it's a they don't normally put in description like (laughs) taking a risk yeah it's true (laughs) (laughs) what a cheesy thing to say as a jazz musician but we are actually really enjoying this part and every time we play after a concert we are like oh man you know it's like roller coaster you know we are really on the roller coaster and then Mm -hmm. wow we we made it yeah this feeling i feel like that's something that translates to an audience like hopefully is something that translates to an audience and that is what i personally find appealing about improvised music is the kind of like the kind of tightrope aspect of it it's almost like watching an acrobat or something mm-hmm. where you're like if i know that no risks are being taken then this isn't particularly entertaining anymore <laughs> you know like it, it i like the idea of like the closer you get to the edge and the closer it is to somebody falling the more impressive it is that they don't fall um maybe that's maybe that's too simplifying of, of a thing but i i always find that to be something really compelling. And I think mm-hmm. that, that that kind of visceral sense of danger almost mm-hmm. is um, it's kind of an interesting thing to play with uh, in terms of like the way an audience perceives what you're doing. Like it's a matter of like uh, on the one hand, making it seem like what you're doing is very easy mm-hmm. because that's kind of a thing that we enjoy, like watching people and, oh, they make something really complicated. It seems so easy. And at the same time, that thing of, but, it could go wrong at any moment, kind of. Um, so it's I, like a podcast, you know. You're talking. You never know what's gonna happen. You know, if I say something shit, you know, like still it's gonna go. <laughs> also well, on the stage, but we have to have a trust, you know. <laughs> no, it's true. And I mean, in this case, I can also edit out anything that you say that's terrible. But uh, uh, I, I will not. I, I, I assure you, audiences, this is everything. She hasn't said anything terrible that you're not uh, gonna hear. Um, I always like to end the show by asking my guests to recommend something that they have found particularly inspiring or something they think people should check out that deserves some attention. It can be just about anything. It can be a book, it can be a movie, but it can also be music if you, uh, if you like. So I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind that you think people should give some attention to. Korean food. Korean food. You should try yeah, well, I, I can I can agree with that. Although my experience of it has been, uh, Korean food isn't very vegetarian friendly necessarily. No, I'm so sorry for all vegetarian friends I have. 
But uh, we have some vegetarian options, and yeah, especially true. me, I have homesick because of food. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's the the biggest thing I have, and mm-hmm. I cook Korean food all the time at home. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I love it. Every time I go back to Korea, I bring like 30 kilos of ingredients because <laughs> I love it. I have to eat almost every day. Yeah. And uh, I can recommend you very good Korean restaurant in Amsterdam called okay. Seoul Food. It's very close to here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in Kinkerstrat. Yeah. So if you have time, you know. And cool. I was also working there for one and a half year. Yeah, so you know that it's And I was uh, <laughs> partly cooking. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, yeah. So check out Korean food, <laughs> authentic Korean food near yes. you if you can find it. Um, cool. Uh, Sami, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Bye. That was Sammy Hong. There'll be links to her website in the show notes with details about all her upcoming shows. Many thanks to my fellow members of Katrio for providing the intro and outro music. Please subscribe to Sam the Moment wherever you like to get your podcasts. Leave favorable reviews and ratings behind you. And tell a friend if you know anybody who might like to listen to these kinds of podcasts. Go to patreon.com slash sandamoment if you want to make a donation to help me keep the show up and running. Even the smallest amount is really helpful. And thank you so much to those of you who are already helping me in that way. You can reach me on Twitter at Pat Cleaver. You can like the Sand of the Moment page on Facebook. And you can email me at pat at sandofthemoment.com. I will end the show today with another recording of Sunmi and her band. This piece is called Escapism. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Sound of the Moment. Thank you.